how often God's word teaches us through parables, stories, because how else can we grasp the divine reality? How else can we grasp God's gifts to us? Because in the human way, we're not able to see everything as clearly. And so the Lord God, whether it's through the Old Testament or even especially through the New Testament, we receive these parables, these type of stories, which give us, they give us insights into how God deals with us, how God relates to us. So it is, it is interesting that today we have actually two of them, the two, two parables or two stories from the Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament stories are kind of unusual because it's like a fable tales, you know, because it's a comparison the trees are choosing king who should be the king of, of the, all the trees, kingdom of, of, the, of the trees. But let, let's go back just briefly. You know, yesterday we've heard the story of Gideon, this very simple farmer who, young as he was, and yet he was so attuned to God, was listening to God. As the Lord appeared to him, the angel appeared, and he invited him to be the leader of the people. He said, well, I am just nobody. I'm not of any importance. And yet the Lord asked him, he says, I will be with you. I'll help you. I'll be there for you. And then he responds and we see what happened, how he was able to protect the, the chosen people, the children of Israel, people of the covenant, and how he was able to protect them from, from the Edianites. But today we have a story of his son. He had quite a few wives and he had many sons. And, and, um, and what happened is that one of his sons, which was son of a concubine, not exactly wife, he's the one who wants to take charge. So what he does, he comes up with a theme, with a scheme to become a king of a, of a town, city-states as they were, of Shechem. And so because his mother came from there, and so he goes and he comes up with how he can become a king. So first of all, he, he says, do you want everybody to, no, 70 of the sons of my father to rule you, or you want just one king who will take care of you? I am coming from this town and I'll make sure that you'll be protected. So, so he convinces them that they can charge extra taxes, all these things like that, you know, contemporary view how politicians can actually promise you many things. And so he does. And then he says, okay, well, we have to eliminate those because otherwise my brothers, my half-brothers will be after me, so they will not let me be your king. And so he convinces them, and so they go and actually kill all the opposition. And, and the only one who's left is the youngest member of the family. His name is, is, is uh, uh, Jotham. Uh, and so he's the one who, who um, not only escapes, but he realizes what his half-brother is doing and what he's doing. And there's no way he can say the whole, what was going on, but he uses a parable to the people. If he doesn't use a parable, he'll be eliminated too. But he uses a parable and he says, okay, he says, hear me, citizens of Shechem, that God may then hear you. And then he gives the story, once the trees went out to anoint the king over themselves, so they said to the olive tree, rain over us, 
But the olive tree answered, well, must I give up my rich oil whereby men and gods are honored and go to wave over the trees? Sort of like, what is the purpose? You know, to make them feel good, <laughs> to wave over them. He didn't say rain, just wave, because it's useless. Sometimes there's only implications, political implications here too. What does it do? But anyway, and so they go to the next tree. The tree is said to fig tree, come and rain over us. But the fig tree answered them, must I give up my sweetness, my good fruit to go out and wave over the trees? Because they didn't want it. And then the third one was, was the, uh, was, uh, uh, went to the vine, come over and rain of us. Of course, the vine tree said, no, must I give up my wine? And that cheers good gods and men and to go wave over trees. But then guess what? Who volunteered to do the work? A buckwheat or a thorn bush. Um, not exactly producing any type of fruit. Even, even birds don't like it because it gets sick if they eat thorn bush berries because it kind of goes right through them. And so everybody avoids it. So, so it's the thorn bush. He says, I volunteer. But you say, but it says, I promise you, come and I'll take care of you. Come under my, shy, my, 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 uh, my uh, uh, find refuge under my shadow, you know, promising him quite a few things. Come, so I'll take care of you. And of course, it's a little thorn bush. And there's often very dry and there's nothing under it. So it doesn't produce a shade. Come under my shade. And so he promises. And he says, if you wish to anoint me a king over you in good faith, come and take refuge in my shadow. Otherwise, let fire come from the thorn bush and devour the cedars of Lebanon. As we know, thorn bush and all the bushes usually are fire hazard, a dry environment. So they not only, they, they, are, they burn themselves, but also burn even cedars of Lebanon, big trees. So what it is, is there's a powerful statement here of this young, have brother who wants to say, what are you doing? What are you doing? If leaders, Catholic leaders, Christians do not, are not faithful to God, then the implication is, as Jerome's biblical commentary would say, there's political implications. If someone does not follow God's ways, not faithful to God, and as a political leader, you may do a lot of harm. You may cause not only burn yourself, but also cause, cause harm to others. And we don't have to look far because we know it is a situations in our world, which means that leaders, political, all social, all religious, have to be faithful to God because otherwise they bring forth and allow forth thorn bush or to take over. And, and, and as we, have, we have situations like that, because why? Because the people of Shechem wanted to have economic advantage. They wanna have someone who promises that you take more uh, income from others. She said, this is what happens. And so the people of, of Shechem ultimately end up where this Abimelech was, was chosen to be king if they started rebelling against him. And of course, he not only that, he wanted to ultimately, the, he went into a disgrace with them. And so he wanted to put down the rebellion of the Shechem people. They gave him, they empowered him. But ultimately what happened is not only that, 
but but he went after the city, uh, wanted to destroy and almost destroyed everyone. And and there's a woman who, from a tower, dropped a rock on his head and knocked him out, and ultimately split his skull. And then he was ashamed that 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 he was uh, defeated by by uh, by a woman from with a rock, you know. So he asked his his assistant to kill him because he felt ashamed that he not only was a king, but, but his own people who elected him ultimate turned against him because he was using, uh, you know, the same type of means. He didn't care ultimately. And this is how his whole reign ends. Parable that is supposed to speak to our hearts. Parable that is supposed to teach us that if those who wish to follow those who wish to rule, those who wish to govern, those who wish to lead people, they have to be men and women of God. They have to listen to God because otherwise we do not bring the grace, the blessing. We become, we bring something which is not and it can turn against us. The, the second parable today seems like a parable, uh, you, know, uh, you know, sort of difficult to understand on many levels because we see that this owner, landowner, goes out early in the morning and agrees to uh, with the, his workers to pay the, the, you know, the, the day's wage, and then he continues to bring different workers, and at the end he pays them the same. And so the workers kind of feel, okay, well, you know, what's going on here? We, uh, we get paid less. I mean, we get paid what we agreed to, but look, you gave those who only work for an hour, you give them the same wage. It's truly unfair. But we have to look from another perspective here. And another perspective is who's the landowner? It's Jesus. He gets up early in the morning. He has a foreman, but he is the one who goes out early in the morning. He goes out and hires for his kingdom, how important the kingdom is, how important the kingdom of God is. Jesus is the one. He doesn't use foreman to do it. He himself goes out. And then at nine o'clock, what does he do? He, we don't know whether there's a need for workers in the vineyard or whether he feels compassion for the people who are idle, who have nothing to do. So this, this, this owner, goes out at nine and noon at three, every three hours, and he still finds more. But it's no longer that he needs them for his kingdom, for his vineyard, but because he feels sad for them. They have nothing to do. They're worthless, they feel worthless. They feel like life, there's not, no meaning to, to their life. And so it is it's God who takes them and brings them into to participate in the life of the kingdom in his vineyard. He gives them opportunity to share in something extraordinary, something beautiful. They're not worthless. They're important. They're very important. And then he goes out at five o'clock and still one hour before the end of the day. And he still says, what are you doing here? We have no one, no one cares. Well, I care, come come into my vineyard, come to participate and be active in something that is beautiful, something great, work in the vineyard, which actually was always very symbolic, the, 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 the kingdom of God as a vineyard. 
I am the vine, you are the branches, the whole imagery of Christ, which uses the vineyard as a place where we have only, not only a place to work, not only to place to, to, to feel active that we're doing something, but also to participate in the fruitfulness of, of being of that vineyard itself. So here is Jesus, who is that owner. He's the one working. He's always looking after. He's not exactly using us as priests because we could be technically called maybe foreman, who knows? Maybe we're not fit for that job anyhow, but at any rate, what it is, is this God himself, God himself is going out and looking and searching and bringing forth and giving us meaning to all the drifters of this world, for all the people who are lost and spiritually lost, wherever they may be, God himself is bringing them into a kingdom and empowering them to be participants to receive the fruitfulness of his gifts. And so the, this economic concept, okay, remember what Peter said yesterday, Lord, we have left everything. What do we get out of this? And, and today is another group of people say, okay, Jesus, Jesus could have given this parable and say, okay, he should have given the, 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 the pay to the first ones because they agreed to it. So they would be complaining. So he could have given the first ones. He started the wrong way because then he gave those who only work for one hour the same pay. Then these, of course, there were grumblers there, you know, because his grumbling is this feels unjust. But the fact is this, the Lord not only says to us that he cares for each one, but that he's generous. There's no law of justice in a sense of strict sense. You did this and you get reward because God in his mercy is so, his mercy is so great. His grace is so great that, that, that it's, it's not possible for us to look at from the perspective of economic principle or strict type of justice because strict justice would not allow for such things. And yet God, as we see here in Jesus, in his mercy, is merciful. He's merciful to the thief, although he didn't care Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Last minute conversion. How many people are converted just before they die? And we're happy on account of that because why? Because it's not because we're jealous. It's because we want them to be in heaven too. It doesn't matter how long they were Christians, how long they were Catholic, how long they were professing their faith. It's because we want them to be in heaven too. And then that's, that, that's the very principle. And this is what Jesus is telling to, through this parable. Just kind of start thinking in a different category rather than the normal category which human beings do in the world in which they live. We have to live in a different way. Looking at God in his gratuity, in his graciousness, in his absolute love for each person, no matter what. And he will grant them the grace of mercy and forgiveness, even if it's the last minute. And the reward is there. And so should we say, like those people in the, in the, in the readings today, that's kind of unfair? No, because we love. Who are those that will be excluded from this kingdom? Our, 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 our loved ones, our parents, brothers, sisters, our friends. We don't want that. And then if we really love God, then we say, okay, well, we, I, we, don't, we don't want anybody to be excluded. Look at the diary of St. Faustina. She said in so many places, she says, I'll, I'll accept all the sufferings, any form of suffering that I can, so that I will be able to assist those who cannot pray, that I will have, have them bring, bring brought to heaven. 
And you know, even Jesus himself said to Faustina, he said, look, he says, my daughter, help me to save souls. Do whatever you can. God gives the grace, but he also works through us. He works through each other, through our, our human, human efforts, through our, we become the instruments of, of proclamation. We become the instruments of reconciliation. We become the instruments of, 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 of proclamation that he is truly merciful. He's God of love and mercy. And so that's why this parable is so important because it introduces us to, into thinking like God thinks in relationship to another. And so are you jealous because I'm merciful? Or are you upset or envious because I am, I am too merciful to, to, to people? So maybe then today through this Eucharistic celebration and through the readings that we have received as God's word addressed to us, may it continue to unpack within our hearts a type of, of reflection and, and, and meditation on, on who God is more and more so we may recognize in him the God who has absolute love and mercy for each person, for each human being. And that even when we mess up, even when we, you know, we're, we're not faithful to our infidelity, to our own disordered passions, whoever it may be, that we have to always turn to him and cry out to him, call upon him so that we may receive that superabundance of love, superabundance of mercy that he has for each person. And this, in this way, we will know and we will participate in the beatitudes, the graciousness of God, because one day he's, all, he's calling us to, to share that glory, to be with him. Along the way, he wants us to know that he's with us. Along the way, he wants us to know that he cares for us. And along the way, he wants us to always know that he'll be there for us. And his mercy and love, which is infinite, are available to each person. And, and we ourselves who receive may also receive for others and share, it, um, share this grace with others. That's the invitation. And God, who we cannot fully grasp because he's beyond our abilities to understand, but that we are invited to love him, to serve him, and to share his glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.